Ayo, welcome back. You're hearing my voice. I'm Noah Alvarez. So that means you're listening to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast, episode 148. I know it's been a while, and, you know, I was coaching. I started coaching high school football recently, and we had a very impromptu spring season, and it kind of sprung on us pretty fast, pretty quickly. And so I just wanted to, you know, devote all my time to that and put the podcast aside for a little bit. But we're back. We got some more interviews for you guys. We got some good content for you guys. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it be SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. You know the drill. And also be sure to check us out on social media at my period Mike and period I on Instagram. That's at my period Mike and period I on Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. That's more of a personal Twitter account. But again, I like to promote the shows on those two platforms. And it's a good way to either ask to be on the show, give feedback on the show. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, I'm excited to be back. You know, I was kind of going through a little up and down period right there finding you know struggling to find some motivation and not just doing the podcast but in a lot of different things I don't know if anyone else experiencing some of that COVID fatigue because I felt like you know in, in a lot of my work it feels like COVID's not even really uh I don't want to say it's not an issue but I don't know how to put this I guess but anyways I, you, I'm definitely getting COVID fatigue but you know hopefully things get better and just remember to stay safe, wash your hands, sanitize, social distance, and do what you can to, you know, help us advance and the different protocols. Because I know the counties, I think they're uplifting some some of the tiers. I'm not really good on <laughs> reporting this kind of stuff. So anyways, we're not here for that. We're here for another dope interview. Before we get into this week's guest, did want to remind you guys to check out true100radio.com, spelled T-R-U. The number one, 100radio.com. They have a bunch of cool podcasts on there, like The Morning Routine, like Stupid Geniuses, like some of the other podcasts I'm a part of, like The Front Row Seat, Double Down Sports, A Sip of Crime. So be sure to check those out at TRU, the number one, 100radio.com. And shout out to Jamal Boombastic on Twitter. Shout out to Jamal Jamal, uh, for having us on his platform. He's doing a lot of work behind the scenes, and you know, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm a part of the True 100 team. That's for sure. Now, can I get a drum roll, please? This week's guest is none other than the Unspoken Views out of Anaheim, California. She's a really dope artist with a very intriguing and insightful story. We talk about her interest in music, but also becoming a mom at a young age and how that affected her life as well. She has a new album that just came out this past February. Check it out. Listen to this tape. Well, it's, I think it's officially it's called Unspoken Views Presents Listen to This Tape. She also had an album or EP or a project, whatever you want to call it, last year in 2020. It's called iFlow. And like I said, you can follow her on all the, uh, the music listening platforms, Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can find her stuff on all those music platforms. So be sure to subscribe, be sure to check it out on her social medias and everything. So yeah, I just hope you guys enjoyed this conversation between Unspoken Views and myself. Well, thank you again for hopping on the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. 
I wanted to ask you because when I first, the first thing that caught my attention when listening to your music is your name, Unspoken Views. Okay. How did that name or originate? Um, just from being very uh, afraid to speak despite the things that I saw, you know, whether it was having an opinion or, you know, I just kept myself very quiet or had an opinion and said it so subtly to where I wasn't really speaking about what I was seeing and fear of what others might portray that as, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, unspoken views. I'm definitely a lot more outspoken now. Yeah. But that is the that is the root to why I am able to be so transparent and vulnerable when I speak. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important too because you know, and music right now, I feel like we're in a, or it's always been this way, but there's a lot of like copycat. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like little this, and I feel like that's kind of like the stage right now. Right. But when you see a name like Unspoken Views, it stands out. Oh, thank you. I think it also like lets you know that this is going to be something that's not like what you typically hear, yeah, right? Yeah, Hence yeah. the name. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really cool that you have that name. And oh, thank then, you. You know, your music also <laughs> proceeds to follow like your reputation with that name. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, of course. <laughs> So, what was one of your earliest experiences and, and uh, memories with music? Jeez, I mean, music, you mean like as a recording artist or just with music overall? Overall, like childhood? Um, my grandma played a lot of music in the house, you know, I like to call it jukebox music. Jukebox music. Um, you know, my grandma's from the South and so, you know, we listen to a lot of like uh, Millie Jackson, B.B. Uh, King, you know, just very soulful music. Um, so it's always been there. Uh, when I was younger, I would say I didn't really appreciate it <laughs> as much as I should because it was like, damn, she's gonna play this tape again. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But it was always there. And even DMX, rest in peace now, mm -hmm. um, my grandma loved DMX. You mm -hmm. know, it's just, we always just had music around. Um, I had an aunt um, I would sing with at a young age, probably around like five. And we would always do um, The Boy Is Mine. Mm. Monica and Brandy. Okay. So like that was like my introduction to singing songs and doing stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but I wasn't like I I knew hip hop, but uh, you know, being in Orange County, I don't know if it was like a maybe I just never thought about listening to West Coast rap like yeah. that. Like I mean, of course, you know I had a. An uncle, he would always play like, um, you know, Nate Dogs. Yeah. You know, all that whole camp, a bunch of other stuff too. But I never, I always loved those songs, but I never really, never really like sparked me to where I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, um, and I was just telling my uncle this story yesterday. I said, um, you know, you know that Glass uh, Entertainment Center grandma had? He was like, yeah. I said, I, I took your Walkman and, you know, I wasn't supposed to be in his top drawer, but I was. And he wasn't using it, so I put some batteries in it, and I come across Far Side mm. um, passing me by. Yeah. And that, at the time, again, before I even knew what different coasts and music were, I was like, what mm -hmm. the fuck is this? Right. So I'm like, they're storytelling in such a way, it, it, it just had this flavor to it that I was so like, now that, <laughs> like, you know... It, it was just different for me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's when I really got into it. And then, of course, when I saw a Tribe Called Quest for the first time, I was just mm -hmm. like, 
what is happening? Yeah. Show me. Like, I need to know more, you know? Right. And then eventually I'd start, um, you know, freestyling and rapping. And I, I did my first song on uh, Windows Movie Maker mm-hmm. back when, like, MySpace was out and shit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's really, like, how it started. And, of course, seeing Bow Wow on TV for the first time. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> He's as big as me. Like, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? Like, so I didn't even... I just didn't know. I just didn't know, and, and um, it was exciting, like just discovering all those bits and pieces as I got older. Because you know, I've now tied them into mm-hmm. what I do now. But yeah, that, yeah, that definitely was like the start of all of that. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's cool because like there's so many different lanes of music and just hip hop. You just listed like the Far Side and the Tribe Called Quest and like very different sounds. And like I think sometimes we do get kind of. Not everyone, but there's a lot of people who live on the West Coast and like are only live West Coast people. Right, and right. And they only want to listen to that. Yeah. But it's like, know? yo, there's some really good like you know East Cal East Coast artists or people from the South. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houston. From yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere, like... you know. And now I understand that more than ever. But just yeah, it's music is is so universal and it's this beautiful thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's like it, it's its own world. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, was there any one particular moment that made you want to pick up the pen and, like, write to your own music? Probably the first time I heard MC Light. Mm. I was like, yo, she's a chick. She's a chick and she's, um, she's bodying cats like she's a dude. (laughs) Who is this? Yeah. Um, (laughs) MC Light, for sure, because I didn't know there was a lane where women were dominating rap in that sense. This is before I knew anything about, um, you know, your Roxanne Roxanne's. Like, mm-hmm. that was, like, the beginning, you know? And it, um, growing up, it was like, you know, I saw or heard, like, Little Kims and Foxy Browns and even Missy Elliott, like, mm-hmm. dope lyricists, you know what I'm saying? But the way that MC Light delivered it for me was like, Oh my God! Yeah. You know what is happening here? Like, who's stopping her right now? Why? Is, how is she rapping like this? You know, um, and then um, I don't know. I, I can't really remember like the exact moment where I was like, I'm gonna write a rap. Mm-hmm. But somehow I knew how to find the instrument. I don't even know how I found the instrument I wrote to my first rap um, that was on MySpace. Like I was telling you. Yeah. Um, I came across the, I think it was Be- it was Beyonce and Jay Z, or maybe Beyonce and Big Boy. Okay. I might have it wrong. I might have it right, but it was the Hollywood song, mm-hmm. and I rapped to that. But I said something like, uh, "I said Hollywood, yes I'm a star, young better on about fifteen cars, black cars living the life, I'm doing it right. Oh yes, so oh, yes, it's a wonderful night, and it was dope. Yeah, it's it. You know, all my friends are like posting it on their MySpace page. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, right? Yeah. But um, my step grandfather at the time was like, "Great song, mm-hmm. great song, but you're a liar." Mm. And I was like, "Well, what do you?" I'm rapping, like, this is what the rappers do. Like, yeah. ain't you supposed to kind of, like, fake it till you make it? He's like, but you don't even obtain yeah. a percentage of anything you're rapping about. Mm-hmm. Dig deeper. And so that's just kind of where I started to turn, like, the narrative yeah. in my rap. And it, it took a long time. It took a long time because I, I didn't have a sound. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't want to sound like anybody else. Yeah. But I just knew that, like, this is what I wanted to do. I'm good with words. I love putting them together. I love bending them and making them sound like something else, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it definitely gets tough because, like you said, you listen to other artists talk about these cars or these rims or this money. Yeah. And it's like, well, isn't that what you're supposed to rap about? Right. That's part of the (laughs) the culture. That's part of the game. It's the formula. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But... You know, not everyone has that. Not everyone has to rap like that, you know? Right, right. And that's the beauty of it, you know, finding yeah. your own lane and everything. Yes, yes. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So do you remember what some of your first music that you really put out outside of the MySpace songs that we were talking about, what that sounded like? Yeah. Um, I had My first mixtape, and this is my first time saying this on Wax. Um, my first mixtape, you can still find it on SoundCloud. It's called Pay Attention. Mm-hmm. Um, by Brianda Bullock. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to call myself at the time. Um, But it's, I believe it's like three tracks. I did the far side passing me by and she, you know, know, that was my one, like, dedication. Like, yo, this is what, this is the reason why I'm rapping. You know, one of the reasons at least. And, um, you know, there, there was no stability really with my recording schedule. You know, I'm still in school. I'm in and out of a bunch of different stuff. Um, but that was definitely like my first project. Like, okay, I could put together a collection of songs, mm-hmm. you know, but again, I still didn't have an identity or flow. Um, I was just rapping, you know, and, and, and it was dope. Like, you know, I, I had the ability to tell stories and make it fun, um, but it just, it just wasn't quite there yet, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. At least in, in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Now, growing up in Orange County, did you find it, let's say, difficult to kind of express yourself in, in your music and tell people that you made music like that and you rapped? Honestly, no. Um, no, it's never been a factor for me. Um, no. No. no, no, no. I just, I just rapped, and the fact that I was from Orange County didn't make it any less or more relevant. At least for me, it was just like people make it out of Orange County. It might be a harder stretch and push because we're not in LA or mm-hmm. in Atlanta, even though LA is thirty minutes away. Mm-hmm. Two completely different demographics. Right. Um, but mm-mm, I just, just kept picking it back up whenever, wherever, and whenever I could. But. Yeah. That, that alone never stopped me. Mm-mm. Okay. You mentioned demographics. Did you have any, like, challenges being a black woman growing up here in Orange County? Yeah, I wasn't black enough. Mm. You know, I probably didn't start saying nigga to, like, the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Because people who would come from those different districts outside of mine, like L.A., you know, people from Crenshaw or Inglewood or whatever, you know, and this is more junior high. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do you sound like that? Why do you why do you speak that way? And then, yeah. and I'm confused. Like, is there something wrong with me? Should I sound more ebonic-y? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just it confused me um to a certain point to where I thought I would have to say and do certain shit. But that's just so hard to keep up with. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? If you fuck with me, you fuck with me. You know, but uh, because I was so insecure about that, I was funny. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, anybody could tell you, like, Brie, oh, she was funny. You know what I mean? Just 
hilarious. Yeah. I didn't have time to really be a class clown because that was an ass whooping yeah. when I got home. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I enjoyed making people laugh because other people were constantly making me feel small because I, I, I'm as black as you can get and mm-hmm. I don't sound what that should sound like to either black people amongst me or people of a different race. But I've learned to embrace the fact that I'm articulate when I speak because... It has come in handy for many a job interviews. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, right. <laughs> like, hi, Brianda speaking. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, and then when they see me, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you thought. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just as surprised as you, brother. Thank yeah. you. You know, but. Biggest um, surprise, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't phase me, uh, obviously, anymore. But, yeah, that was definitely, like, one of the things. You're black and you say dude. I'm like, well, <laughs> fuck. We say dude out here. Yeah, yeah. A lot, you know, but. I, I don't know. It was, it was just weird. Um, mm-hmm. It was weird. It was weird. Mm-hmm. Were you born and raised here in Anaheim, California? I was. I was born at Garden Grove Hospital. Um, raised in Fullerton, really, primarily my whole life. Um, I did spend a little bit of time in New Orleans, probably from like eight to nine with my okay. mom. Um, and then we came back out here shortly after. But I mean, yeah, my whole life really has been Orange County based. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever do any like talent shows or stuff like that when you were in school? Hell yeah. <laughs> Me and my auntie, uh, we're a year apart. Okay. Um, so we're more like sisters than we are niece and yeah. auntie. And uh, the first talent show I ever did, uh, we were at Whitaker Elementary right here in Buena Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did it to Aaliyah's Are You That Somebody. Mm-hmm. So we learned that whole choreo <laughs> and, and just ripped it. Um, that was one of the talent shows I did. I want to say uh, sixth grade science camp. I, mm. I sang. I don't know if that was part of a talent show, though. I can't remember. It was so long ago. But, mm. um, yeah, yeah. That, that was probably, like, my most little prolific <laughs> sh- showman moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Getting used to the stage Getting presence. Getting used to the stage presence. You know, I was... I, like I'm, I'm shy, but I'm not that shy. Once I start to open up, you know, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I remember the first time like really being on stage at the, you know, sixth grade science camp. It was like I like this feeling, mm-hmm. not because like all eyes are on me, but like people are taking the time to listen to what I have to say, like, mm-hmm. and I have a lot to fucking say. Yeah, and um, I, I just remember feeling what that felt like. Like I wasn't scared of that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, most people get on stage and it's like, oh my God, everybody's got their eyes on me. I'll, you know, for me, it wasn't like that. It was just very like, go. Yeah. You, you're here now. You can't turn back. Do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's a real fear. I think like it's second to death, right? And as far as like when they ask Is people, it? I believe so. I could be wrong. But like when they ask like in national polls, like yeah. what are you most afraid of? Like public speaking is usually like a top three. And, you know, I don't know. I, I've always been pretty comfortable with it, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who aren't, but... You know, it's, I guess it's just something about being up there and people just being like, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Yeah, there of is. course. And then I think a lot of people are afraid to fail. You know, they probably, whether it was when they were a kid, they got made fun of. Yeah. Failing in front of their uncles and aunts, yes, that kind of deal. Yes, yes, So you just, magnitude, you know, if you're up front of 100 yeah, people, you don't want them to make fun of you, you of know? Of course, you know, and shout out to the people who break that fear, too. Yeah. Getting older, it's it's a big deal. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Because I know when I was in community college, we had to take a public speaking class in order to, like, get your AA. Oh, shit. And oh, there were so many people that, like, did not want to be there for the life of them. And, like, 
I, I felt bad for them, but you know they're able to do it. They're able to get over that fear. Some of them, and some of them thrive. Some of them were so so, but it's challenging. You know, yeah. it's definitely like you have to start from the ground up. You have to, you know, but and that's what everything though. Yeah. Know, but absolutely. Yeah. Right on. So do you remember the first performance that you had like under Unspoken Views? First time you performed with uh, that name. Okay, let's let's dig deep. Let's think. Uh, I want to say at um, at Zings mm-hmm. in downtown Fullerton. Every okay. Thursday they had open mic. Okay. Um, and I was for sure going by Unspoken Views at that point. And I want to say that's when I d- discovered that I wanted to call myself that. Um, yeah, that's what I'm sticking with. Zings. <laughs> DTF, Thursday mm-hmm. night, um, open mic nights, and I would go up there, and at the time, I was doing poetry. Mm. Strictly poetry. I wasn't thinking about songs. It was just helping me get through a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just write poems. And, um, again, just being up there, not being afraid of that feeling, um, getting my emotions out. You know, I had a lot of friends that would come through and support. That's tight. And just, you know, root me on. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 started there, and then I would do other open mics like um, down in Long Beach. There's a spot called Shades of Africa. I would go there. Um, just a lot of different spots, um, but that that's definitely like where I started for sure. Okay. Yeah. What were some of those poems? Like, what was their content consisting of? I lied. Yeah. I lied. <laughs> Let me back up. My first performance ever. And I remembered because my uncle, I believe, had either performed there or he would told me about it. It's called The Night Owl. Okay. It's also in downtown Fullerton, but yeah. it's across the street from Zings. But The Night Owl, I did, I, did, uh, Jill, I did a Jill Scott instrument on the back, and then I remember reciting my poem on a piece of paper, or off a piece of paper. <laughs> and then from The Night Owl, I graduated on to Across the Street. Uh-huh and did that because I grew a really nice relationship with the lady who ran it and her son uh, Miss Renee and Anthony Okay. Um, they were always just loving welcoming me with open arms and just always allowed me to do my thing mm-hmm. uh, so yeah the night out okay the night out nice mm-hmm. what were those poems consisting of like what would you talk about them? <sighs> love heartbreak <laughs> black issues yeah uh, trauma um uh, Yeah, yeah, just, just, just riding my way through mm-hmm. everything, because um, I, at the time, like, I, I just didn't, I was going through a lot, young mom, teen mom, mm-hmm. uh, just not on the path I should have been on, but I knew that I wanted to be doing something greater than what I was doing at that time. Yeah. Um. So, you know. Uh, a, a lot of those poems were like real life experiences and just um, being as vulnerable as I could be with my words mm-hmm. because they resonate with people and I, and I remember one night at Zing's um, after my performance the waiter you know he's, he's, for, you know, he's busting tables the whole time and he's like I, you know, I'm supposed to be working but that poem you just recited, you know, it, it, it touched me because I'm really going through something right now. So thank you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
Like, this guy has no idea I'm finna go back to my car and sleep in it for the rest mm. of the evening. I had nowhere to go. Like, yeah. But I just saved a life with my words. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is what I'm gonna do. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so that, for me, was just like, wow. Okay, this is... This is what that does. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's powerful, right? It's powerful. It's so powerful and it's humbling, too, because mm-hmm. it's like... The world don't revolve around none of us. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of us are going through stuff, but you know, with with poetry, it was it was easy for me to get it off. And what's so beautiful about poetry too, it's this still environment. Mm-hmm. Everything is quiet. Yeah. So they can really hear what you're saying. And my biggest thing was, I was always too fast. Mm-hmm. Mr. Name was like, slow down. Like, I want people to be able to hear you because you're, you know. So I practiced that. A lot, um, a lot, a lot, and I've gotten better, obviously now. But uh, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. That was good. I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. <laughs> so backtracking to you said you were a teen mom. Uh huh. How did that change your life? That event. Young and dumb and full of cum, you know. <laughs> um, it changed my life drastically because no one. The, the the code in, in my grandmother's house, because that's who, who raised me, was, you know, go to school and get a good education. Not go to school, get pregnant, and then try to flourish after that. Yeah. I just feel like we had already come from a long line of that, you mm-hmm. know, and I, di- I didn't expect me to fall, I guess, victim, quote, to that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I did. And... I'm happy that my daughter's here. I'm mm-hmm. happy that that you know I have my little my little mini my little peace of mind because she is what's helped me stay resilient throughout this entire process. She's the biggest blessing. She saved my life mm-hmm. on a many of occasions. Like no, I can't go. I have my baby. Yeah. You know, and who knows if I didn't have her, what would have happened? You know, I, I didn't get to hang out right after prom. Mm-hmm. I had to go straight home because everybody was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ten steps ahead. I'm already here. I got. I got to go. You <laughs> yeah. know. Um, yeah. No, but it, it's it was beautiful. You know, I, I graduated. Uh, you know, baby on my hip. You know, I, you know, cap and gown, my baby. Nice. I mean, I didn't walk across the stage with it, but yeah. you know what I mean. That you know, once, once it was all said and done, you know, I, I had my baby, and it was just like I'm young. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a single mom, but come on, little baby, it's me and you. Yeah. You gotta figure it out, and. I mean, to see why I'm at 10 years later is just like, you better fucking go, bitch. Mm-hmm. Good, good. You know, there's still a long way to go, but I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy. I'm blessed. I'm honored um, to be a mother because some women don't get that opportunity. And um, I'm just, I'm just glad God chose that for me because I needed it. Yeah. I need, I need her. I need her more than she needs me, for real. <laughs> and it's funny how that works, right? The powers yeah. that be, they always give you something that you can handle, right? Maybe in the moment, that initial moment, you're like, oh, shit, like, what's going to happen? What the fuck am I going to do with a baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, it's meant to make you stronger. Yes. It's meant to, you know, make you grow in certain aspects. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, that's it's cool. Make me all emotional and shit. Yeah. <laughs> what's your daughter's name? Ariel. Ariel? Yes. Okay, cool. Cool, chop, chop. <laughs> 
what are some of the bigger challenges of being a mom, but also pursuing a music in, uh, a career in the music industry? That's a good question. I mean, maintaining balance. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This never comes before my family, mm -hmm. ever. Um, so, you know, if, if, say, my daughter is acting up or, you know, crying out for help in a way that's unfamiliar, okay, that means that I need to take time to realign what's going on in the home front. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what I have to stop to make that happen, but she comes first. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I mean, I wouldn't really call it a, a challenge. I just think it would be, you know, recognizing the situation and being like, okay, mom hat is on. What are we doing? How are we handling this? How do we help you move forward? Because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's got something to do. You know what I mean? But, you know, when it comes to molding my child, um, that's, that's never a, a challenge for me. It just means that I need to be more attentive. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I make the time. Make the time. Find find balance. Find the time. Because I don't ever want her to grow up and be like, well, look, you you never had time for me. You never did it. Like, I pride myself on being available for my child whenever, however, mm -hmm. whenever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm sticking with. I, okay. I just, time management, making time. Yeah. Finding that balance. There you go. I'm a mom first. That's good. Before I'm unspoken views. Yeah. You know, um. And I don't say that just because it sounds good. I say that because I mean it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a mother first. That mm -hmm. that that was my first title yeah. <laughs> before, you know, anything. So I wear that proudly. Yeah. And I think so, like, I get to work with kids through school districts and do stuff. I've had various different roles, but sometimes you get to see which kids don't necessarily get that attention at home because mm -hmm. then they cry out for it in these programs exactly. or during school or during their sports mm -hmm. and um it's it's important i think for the parents to realize not everyone gets ha has a perfect parenting situation absolutely but i think it's important to realize like what you said like you should be a, a parent first before anything else mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's a life that you ultimately like are in charge of absolutely hell yeah shit yeah yes yeah. <laughs> a, whole, a whole ass life like yeah. that is it man mm -hmm. <laughs> you know i think about the times like being a worried parent or having a parent worried, like, forgive me. Yeah. Because it's, oh, man, it's stressful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you raise your child to be honest and with integrity as much as you can. Uh, you know, they come out all right. Yeah. You know, they be all right. They yeah. be cool. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Now, to backtrack a little bit earlier to what you were saying after recording, not recording, after spoken word poetry at zines right mm -hmm. you said you would sleep in your car uh-huh was that like a struggle during a certain stage of your life and how did that come yeah about? you know what um i was homeless mm -hmm. i was going through some shit uh and uh i had to find my way mm -hmm. i had to find my way so i ended up allowing my daughter to stay with my mom for like six months if that um, but my car was my home mm -hmm. and my, and I had a job, you know, every day I get up, um, I go to the gym, I work out, shower, get ready for work. You know, if it's a regular weeknight, I'm just probably at the bar, get drunk somewhere, I don't know, <laughs> or hanging out with a close friend. Yeah. Um, 
or if it's a Thursday night, I'm up performing at an open mic. But you know, I started I started to feel those times less at the bars, more with open mics as time went on. But in that time, I think I was just trying to like drink away my sorrows and understand like why everything was so hard hitting at one time, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I made it through, and I remember one of them nights uh, after my performance my car got stolen and I was with my homegirl Kim and I'm like what are we gonna do and I was yeah. lucky enough I had a couple of bucks in my pocket so I got a room for the night she, my, my homegirl stayed with me and she was just like I'm gonna stay with you until we figure this out uh, you know just keep your phone on in case they find your car because we called the police and everything so I didn't worry about it I was just like man God like you know you say you give your te- your your hardest battles to your toughest soldiers. Yeah. I'ma just I'ma chill. Two in the morning, get the call. Hey, Miss Bullock, we found your car. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we go, we pick it up. It's like off of Bass and Cherry, some fucking where in Fullerton. Damn. Um, but nonetheless, I got my car back. But that for me was just like, just as fast as it could be here, mm-hmm. it could be gone. Yeah. You know, and I and I just think that little just learning. And being in those situations like that just teach me to be humble. Like, no matter what I've obtained, um, nothing makes me better than anybody. Uh, I'm just I'm just very humble with tangible things. Mm-hmm. Because that was my whole situation. Mm-hmm. My whole life was in that car. Um, so, I think, I think God was just trying to give me a little gem in that lesson. Like, Never, never, never get too full of yourself. Not yeah. that I was, but we, you know, we all just have to go through things so that the lesson doesn't have to be as hard. Right. It just kind of shows you real quick and it's like, and then if you don't learn it within that time, it's like, okay, now I have to show you again and it might be harder. Yeah. But I didn't already hit the wall so hard so many times. I think it was just kind of like, give you this, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Um, yeah. My little red, my little red Toyota, 94, <laughs> baby, or 93. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was real. It was tough, mm-hmm. but I did it, and eventually um, got my my baby from my mom. Thanked her for keeping me for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, or keeping her for a while for me. And uh, you know, we moved into our new spot. Maybe like that November of that year that my car got stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a new uh, it was called Orangewood Foundation. Mm. That was the name of the program. Okay. And, um, you know, they, they gave you an apartment that was furnished and stuff, and they helped with emancipated youth. Oh, okay. And I was only a part of that because my grandma ended up um, adopting me. Yeah. Because I just couldn't do it with my mom anymore. Yeah. Um, so, even though that, that was shitty, um, it ended up helping me down the line mm-hmm. when it came to my daughter. And you know, um, yeah, that that's just kind of like the domino effect of all of that. But it put the fire in my under my ass to be like, yo, this this baby needs you. She can't she can't live the life you lived. Right. Rewrite the story. Like mm-hmm. your grandma raised you. Your mom was wasn't present. Okay, you you need to be present because right. I know what my mom not being present did for me. You know. Um, so I mean, yeah, that was that was, that shit was tough. 
Yeah. Ugh, that shit was tough. But we made it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, look at you now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at me now. That's good. I think, too, what's important is that there's, like, resources out there, right? And I think here in Orange County, you see it a lot now, more than ever. A lot of homeless people. Yeah. Like, all throughout the streets. Yeah, You yeah. know? And I think what's cool about your story, what the or, you said the Orangewood Foundation, right? Orangewood Foundation, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, they were able to help you get out of a really bad spot and then, you know, help you bounce back on your feet and yeah. then you kind of did the rest from there. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's... Sometimes maybe people don't like asking for help or they don't know where to look for help. But there is help a lot of times for people like that, so it's not just an ongoing problem. But it is sad to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to live, like I said, right by the river trail. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, before 2000, I forget what year they kicked them out, but it was like before 2015, they were just all, there's a lot of homeless people all tented up right there. You know, and there's like little communities right by Angel Stadium, by Honda Center. Yeah, yeah, And that's why they ended up kicking them out because it was a bad look for the team. For the Angel Stadium, yeah. Yeah, but it was just like, you know, where are these people supposed to go? Exactly. So it's just, it's a shitty look, but also understand that there's like things out there for those people they just got to be able to like be put in front of them you know yeah 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 and it, it takes a lot to ask somebody for uh for help and 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 do it and abide by certain rules because there's rules mm-hmm. in these programs and even in the program i got in before that um down in santa Ana, it's called the wise place mm. and i stayed there and I had to roommate with a complete stranger. She had to be like 50 years old. Damn. I'm fucking 20-something, <laughs> you know, but my daughter couldn't be there because it okay. was just a single woman program. Mm-hmm. That hurt. You know, I ended up getting kicked out of that because I, I think I, I stayed out too late um, and opened mic night. Oh, But for okay. me, it was just like, I can't miss not one opportunity. Yeah. So it was just like... I, I didn't have any ill feelings towards them because I'm just like, you just doing your job. That yeah. just means that my time here was done. Um, but again, I also just wasn't good at following rules. I was just like, what's next from here? And then, of course, Oracle Foundation. That really that really saved my ass because there was no way I was going to be homeless with a baby. And then yeah. my baby's now in the system too. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That's tough, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, That's absolutely good. fucking not. <laughs> well, props to you being able to get out of that situation. Thank you, know? you. thank you, God. Mm-hmm. God did that. God did that. God did that. He did that. He did that a many of times, a many a night. Um, it was just, it was really just about finding the strength mm-hmm. and the courage and believing that I could, because I, I believed that I could. But my actions weren't in alignment with that. Mm. And um, I remember I remember calling my mom one night. And um, you know where the Walden Glens are? Mm-hmm. Okay, so my auntie stayed at the Walden Glens. But she had already had like a roommate situation going on and stuff. And I couldn't really stay with her, mm-hmm. which was understandable. And uh, so I was sleeping in my car off of milk. Okay. And... Um, I had, a, I had some, I had a bottle of Henny, and, you know, the, the moon is like shining in my shit, you know, and I, I get on the phone with my mom, who's an evangelist now, today, um, and I was just like, I don't want to do this no more, like, I, like, it's, it's hard, this is too hard, like, I'm just going to ram the car and tell everybody I love her, this is it, like, mm-hmm. 
my mom was like, are you kidding me? Like, mm-hmm. what? No, you, you can't afford to be this person. Mm-hmm. You have to get up. You have to know that you're going to rise above this. You, mm-hmm. you. And she was like, promise me from today, like, you will never fix yourself to pretty much say you want to commit suicide ever again because mm-hmm. your life is so much more beautiful and worth it than that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I got off the phone, I cried, put down the handy, went to sleep. But before I went to sleep, before I went to sleep, I looked up into the sky and I said, God, it's whatever you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done trying to do it my way. Yeah. If you show me, I promise I I will stay right there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best. Because you already know what I'm going to do in the future. Yeah. But I'm making this commitment to say, like, you're first. It's your way or the highway. Or, or I fail. Yeah. That's it. And from that night forward, trailblazing. Not because... I have like this super magic power or nothing like that. Like mm-hmm. I just God has shown me. God literally has shown me up until this point. I really won't leave you nor forsake you if you just do what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. If you just stay in alignment with what I have prepared for you. If mm-hmm. you just believe, if you understand what it means to walk by faith and not question it for a second. Right. Don't spend your days stressing on things you have no control of anyway. Right. Just go. Yeah. Just go. I just go. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people who don't have faith, I think that gets a lot more challenging than for them to deal with. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that are out of our control in life. Mm-hmm. And I think back to like last year, 2020, a whole pandemic hit the world. You know, kind of stopped everything and you know, stopped us from doing a lot of things that a lot of people wanted to do. Absolutely. But I think a lot of people who maybe didn't have necessarily the strongest faith, you know, they kind of panicked and they didn't really, they became obsessive over it, you know, because they wanted to do things their way and they had this plan. And next thing you know, this plan obviously couldn't be carried out because of COVID and everything that they restricted and on them and everything. Absolutely. But sometimes it's just like, this is the, there there are powers greater than you that Mm -hmm. you can't control. And sometimes you just have to go with their flow. Yeah. You know, yeah, make the yeah. most of the situation. Yeah. And it's not always going to be pretty, but like, kind of like what you're sharing with your story is there's light at the end of the tunnel if you just continue to trust the process. Yeah. And that can kind of get tiring to say, especially when things are really bad, you know? <sighs> Man. Mm-hmm. Man. You know? But it's like, you going to stop? Yeah. For what? And then look back in five years and be like, damn, I could have had A, B, C, and D, da, 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 if I would have. I didn't want to be an if person. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. And it has to pay off. Mm-hmm. It has to. Like, I mean, even even with the, the pandemic happening last year, I was supposed to have an entire listening party for my album. Yeah. And I was geeked. I had more people ready to show up than ever. Mm-hmm. We had spent all this money on production. And, and it was just like, the day before, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Mm-hmm. How am I, like, and I didn't have any of this. I didn't have none of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still living off of um, Magnolia and Crescent. Um, okay. Does that even cross? Brookhurst, Brookhurst and, let's just call it Brookhurst 
Yeah, Brookhurst and Crescent. That's yeah, where I was. By the park, right? Brookhurst by park. the park. Yeah. Okay, so I was over there and um, you know, we had a few days to move before we got this place this place. Um but I just it felt like I didn't know where I was going. And so I didn't have any new music recorded. I didn't really have a backup plan. And so I held on to the to the album till about June and it was and I I was listening to something I forgot what I was watching but they was like you know what I'm saying is it's not yours to keep mm-hmm. like give it mm-hmm. share it and I flow ended up being one of my better albums people still bump I flow today yeah and they're like I love this album it's a good compilation of music mm-hmm. like this is so good um I'm still hurt that I wasn't able to execute it the way that I wanted to, mm-hmm. but I, I got it out. Mm-hmm. Even even the music video we shot for one of the songs just ended up never coming out. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? So it was just like, ugh, like, okay, what yeah. do you want me to do now? You know, um, but I, I, I spent all summer, all summer building this. I spent, took that little stimulus money and was like, <laughs> okay, what can I do with it? And we fucking laid this shit brick by fucking brick there you go brick by brick piece by piece I remember when I just had this futon in the desk and I would just come in here and I'd just be like this is gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be like just one thing at a time and then um, I had no idea how to use a a Logic Pro I was still recording um, off my phone Mm -hmm. top of that year in my car on my lunch break at work Mm -hmm. but I would do it through GarageBand Mm. So could you imagine fucking doing GarageBand from your phone? Damn. It's so tedious. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I, I recorded some pretty good songs doing that because I'm a firm believer in using what I got. Yeah. You know, if I had enough money to be able to afford the studio, awesome. We getting in there and you better fucking believe I have eight songs ready to go because I only have four hours to clock this shit. Yeah, of course. Until the next time I get some money. Mm-hmm. But with having this space, you know, I... I didn't I didn't know jack shit about nothing mm-hmm. but I was I'm, I'm humble enough to be the student mm-hmm. I'm always humble enough to be the student yeah um, and so last summer I just tuned into everything was going through each and every plugin. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they're for. I'm going through each and every sound. Why? Because if I need this sound, I want to be able to know yeah. where I can find it. I'm recording myself. I'm liking stuff. I'm throwing stuff away. Um, uh, shout out to my brother, Remy. Uh, we spent all summer going back and forth just doing songs, mm. s- learning how to send the files to each other. Okay. Oh, what plugin did you use for this? Because your vocals is up more than mine on this. Yeah. Oh, well, I did A, B, C, and D. Oh, okay, well... What's your engineer telling you? Like, how do you... Oh, well, my engineer is telling me. So it was just like this teaching mm-hmm. moment. And now we being here mixing shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and shout out to my engineer, Lum. You mm-hmm. know, he is like the ultimate final touch on my stuff until I really grasp the entire code to this shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was just it was just humbling. That's you know cool. what I mean? What I was able to do with that. And now it's like... I never want to leave home. Yeah. I have everything I need. You know, and it's just like, I'm constantly in here. I'm like, how can I get better? How can I get better? How do I top myself? Like, I don't see it. I don't hear I'm not, like, I can't allow myself to be distracted because then I'm going to find myself in a space I don't want to be in. 
Mm-hmm. So I just I just continue to do my best because man, last last year last year was hard, but it also again like put that fire under my ass. Yeah. You can't go to the studio right now. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? Right. You're gonna wait. And do what? Mm-hmm. Wait for who? Because you don't know if such and such is going to be available after the pandemic. Right. Yeah, a lot of people lost their business or jobs, you know? Show up for you. Yeah. So I fucking showed up for myself and didn't know what I was doing. And I was cool with that. Because now I know a little something. And I can now pass that on yeah. to somebody who feels like, okay, I'm now ready to like invest. Cool. Bet. Let me show you what I know. I don't, I don't, I don't know everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I will... I'm I'm big on passing the knowledge. Yeah. It, there's no point in holding on to it, trying to be fucking cool and like, mm-hmm, I knew all of this and you don't. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Fucking weirdo. Like, yeah. If I don't learn it from you, I'm going to learn it from somebody else and vice versa. Like, right. I just think that it, it also taught me that, like, it, it's, it's no secret. Like, mm-hmm. just share it. Yeah. It's fine. Everybody wins. Yeah. We can all eat. It's not a big deal. Yeah. So, yeah, that it 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 was it was hard, but it was also like a blessing in disguise, mm-hmm. low key, you know. And and God bless anybody and everybody that is still um, affected by the pandemic or has lost somebody due to COVID. Um, it's tough, yeah. you know. And, and we're still trying to get better. Um, excuse me. <coughs> Not good. Bless you. <coughs> bless you. Excuse me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all just trying our best every day. Yeah. Um, trying to get it the best way we can. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that, that pandemic was a whirlwind. We're still in it, I guess. Clearly. Yeah. Hell but, yeah. I mean, it just that 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 beginning stage of it was so like scary. Like, mm-hmm. what what were you, what would you say you were doing prior? Prior to, I was, you know, recording the podcast and I was having a blast doing the stuff that I do with the kids and still, I felt, I felt comfortable, that's for sure. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the pandemic reminded me at first, I felt like I was in the opposite for some people because it helped me slow down and I was like, oh, okay, like I shouldn't work so much. I'm a, I'm a, before the pandemic, I was really like big yes person. Like I just wanted to always help someone, please people and like that was just kind of my role and I still like to do that, but I have to understand when to say no right 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 and and so the beginning of the pandemic was cool because like no one was asking you for help no one was asking you to go out you know no one was asking you to do this that and the other and um you know i kind of had a lot more time to discover like new hobbies you know kind of explore other things that i had been putting off for a long time And, and it was it was cool but i think over a while like you know you just get fatigued of being you know i think i'm i'm more of an introvert right but when you're forced to be introverted like that's not cool right see i have to have the itch to go outside i'm like don't invite me nowhere yeah that's good (laughs) like you know and i don't and i don't know like because i feel you on the introvert yeah thing like but when i'm amongst people i love them yeah me too but i just i'm not like i need to get back out and perform i need to like i'm just kind of like I'm just riding this wave. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't, I don't even know what to call it. I'm maybe unbothered. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'm, I mean, it's funny how that works. Yeah. That's funny how that works. It is. Because like you said, you just got to roll with the punches of what's yeah. thrown at you. Yeah. And I, I think back to like, um, 
so earlier this week, no, last week, so I work at a high school and there was a COVID outbreak. Ooh. But before this COVID outbreak, before I knew about it, there was, uh, my friend presented me with an opportunity to go to Angels game. And I was like, that's cool. Like, I didn't even know there was going to have fans in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of nervous, you know, and I, I didn't know if I was ready. Kind of like you said, I, I'm not the person who craves to go out to a baseball game. Okay. I'm cool with watching it on TV. Okay. I'm just glad to have some sports back, you know? Right, right, right. And, um, but I was nervous, definitely, like, leading up to it. And then, you know, obviously, a couple of days before, COVID outbreak at my school. So I have to get tested and I tell them I can't go. Oh. But it just kind of, you know, worked out that way. And I guess... Because you were kind of battling it Yeah, anyway. exactly. You know what I mean? So it just kind of worked out. I was like, okay, well, I guess I don't have to go through that hoop yet. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of worked out in a positive in that sense, you know. But um, I don't know where this was going. But it's just, you know, some sometimes I do crave like a little get-together or go to the park with my nephews. Okay, or, okay. Especially like, like at work with the kids. You know, that... Like I'm a, I was a big athlete like in high school and growing okay. up. So like you know, how I connect with them is throwing the football or playing soccer, okay, or, you know, okay. shooting a basketball. But, like, the fact so that staying that's... staying active, being yeah, physical, like, doing yeah. stuff, okay? And the fact that that's so limited still now, it's it's challenging, you know? It is, it's it definitely is. really challenging. And so that could be difficult at times. That's something, like you said, we're still going through this pandemic. I think from the moment till we can return youth sports and, yeah, you know, not kind of worry about... When they, like, open everything up, like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to change for me. Mm-hmm. I, for me, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely miss performing. I miss, um, miss that adrenaline. Mm-hmm. I just think that um, it's okay yeah. to take our time yeah. and not, you know what I mean? Because you don't, you don't want to. We should definitely. I don't know. Not be in such a rush, because, I mean, a lot of people aren't even trying to get this vaccine, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying if I'm trying to get it or not, I just need to see what happens. Yeah. Before I'd be like... More research. Because, you know, I don't really do shots too well, but it's like, but you got tattoos, it's different. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't know what's in this stuff. Mm -hmm. and there's hey. been so there's been so much misinformation before. Yeah, and it's just like, like this I don't I don't know what to believe. I mean, there's a pros and cons for everything. So I guess at the end of the day, mm-hmm. what I'm comfortable with matters most. Right. Um. Just for anybody else, I just I don't I don't know where this is going yet. Yeah. You know. And that's completely okay too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I I still feel the same way about it too. Like very uneasy i guess you could say because like you said there's just been things before in the past whether it is vaccines or other stuff that like you know i think back to like the 60s like people used to advertise as like smoking cigarettes as like good for you like, yeah doctors would you know verify that for you in commercial <laughs> and now you know like you know cigarettes are terrible cigarettes are killing you yeah <laughs> so i think you know it obviously i'm not comparing that to cigarettes but i'm just right, saying right. there could be some sort of similar pattern I mean, I was uh, I was listening to the uh, Joe Budden podcast. Mm-hmm. I love that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the dudes was saying, like, you know, in 10 to 15 years, there's going to be some commercials saying, did you get the COVID vaccine yes. shot? You might be entitled to, like, a settlement. And it's like, yeah. that shit happens all the time. They did it with Ebola. Yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? It just, I hate to sound like... 
what did they call people like that? Skeptical? Cons- conspiracy theory is <laughs> like. Um, but I'm just, just let me see. Because we all people. And I'm not trying to put too much faith in a group of people just because that's what they're saying. Yeah. So I'm going to just relax for a while. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what is it? I think the commercial I always see now is like mesothelioma, right? Like, that's a big one, you know? May suffer heart attack. If you're pregnant, like, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Run that first line again? Yeah, yeah. Blood clots and swelling. Like, you want me to take some shit that I might die from? Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> I'll drink water and get this vitamin C. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. It's, I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's one thing, too. Also, like, with the pandemic and everything, it's really allowed me to focus more on my health and just, like, eating more organic, trying to eat, like, better fruits and vegetables. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like, and this is, like, a whole other conversation for, like, um, opioid, like, the opioid abuse in this country is real. Yes, yes. It's awful. Yeah. But, like, before Western civilization, there was a lot of people who did things with, like, natural herbs mm-hmm. and or with the plants that grew from the ground or natural whatever. Natural medicines, like... Exactly. Yeah. And there was way... Obviously, like, certain modern scientists done a little bit more in certain areas, but there's also some drawback to that. Like yeah. you said, this taking this medicine will maybe, like, you know, clot your blood or maybe give you a heart attack or increase this and that and the other. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always, you know, at the end of commercials for, let's say, Viagra. Can't say we didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always a stuff at the end that's really sped up in that fast voice or, like, you kind of gloss like, over it. you did my phone off. Like, wait, 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 What did you say? Hey, run it back, run it back, run it yeah. back. We didn't hear that part. Yeah, like, right. Like, I don't want to take this. Slow it down, slow it <laughs> down. down. <laughs> yeah, so it's just, you know, there's, but there's natural ways where you can get healthier right and boost your immune system without these pills or without this and this medicine just by off of like eating better mm-hmm. getting more vitamins in you drinking better that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. you know taking more care of my body is like something Absolutely. i've done with the pandemic yes too. yes you have to mm-hmm. because it could just take that one little oh shoot mm-hmm. and then you got it yeah you know, and that was the thing about this thing in the beginning. Like, it was like, is it airborne? Mm-hmm. Like, if I touch you, is, is it like, is this like the new herpes? What are we doing? You yeah. know, like, you just, you so, just yeah. didn't know. And yeah. it, it was like to the point to where people were scared to be around their family. I know. Your family. I know. That's, like. I didn't hug my grandparents for like almost over a year. Jeez. And like that, that was really like, you know, my parents. The grandparents. Yeah. Yes. You know I mean they could go at any minute, and it's just like, you know, that's it's a it's a sad way to live. And some people did lose their grandparents, I you know. know. So I'm still grateful to have mine, but you know that was a, I'm sure that was tough for a lot of people. You know, my grandma actually got it, mm. but you know she again to she made it. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and that for me was scary because my grandma's not up the street anymore. She's in Texas, mm. so it was like, God, please, 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 hey, hey. Mm-hmm. It's too much going on. Yeah. Not that. Uh-huh. Hold on. Wait a minute. You know, and you know she made it out, and was cool back to her regular self. So, I too am grateful that I still have that. You know, I still have her in my life. Mm-hmm. She's here and she's healthy and she's present. So, you know, um, God bless anybody who has lost someone due to that. You know, I just think it's important we say that every time. Mm-hmm. People are still dying. People are still going through this yeah. shit. Like, been bedridden for months. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to fight this thing. So, but thank God we're here. 
Right. When we're alive, when we're healthy, and we're happy, and we have things that we love to do and enjoy, and can share that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm just trying to focus on like the positivity and all of this. You know, because there's course. a silver lining and all. You know, regardless, just gotta find it. Yeah. And keep your head up as much as you can every day. Right. Because it could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I don't know how we got that deep, but it's that's a good conversation. Yeah. You just kind of go down the rabbit hole, and you just, you know, I love shit like that. Yeah, and it was a lot that, you know, affected us over the past year with the pandemic, you know? So a lot of different areas. It's good to have, like, spaces to let that out, you know? A safe space. Yes. Yes. There you go, safe space. Yes. Now, moving more to the present this year in 2021, you dropped listen to this tape I did what was the inspiration behind that album the inspiration behind it love mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm married I've been married for three years now as of the seventh of this month mm, congrats thank you yeah um, you know what I'm saying so I think the pandemic challenged my marriage a lot Mm. You know, every day, you know, in each other's face. And not that we haven't been in each other's face every day until that point. I just think that the stresses of it and the, you know what I mean? So it, w- it was just a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. Um, there was times where I was feeling super high. There were times where I was feeling super low. Um, and it just it just took a toll, but I mean, ultimately, love was what kept this thing glued together. Mm. You know, um, <clears throat> but I had no intention. Uh, I knew I knew coming off of iFlow, I wanted to do listen to this tape. Mm-hmm. I had no intention of it being an album of relationship. Mm. No intention. Um, but I knew I was capable of doing that because of my early years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't think it would come out because when I did, um, I got the beat for Enough of You and I was just like, what <laughs> is happening in my ears right now? Yeah. And I was like, there's no way I can just rap on this. Like, no way. So I sat in that chair, grabbed my mic, put it down in front of me. And then I said, oh. <laughs> Double that. Do that again. Yeah. So I doubled it. I just can't get enough of you, babe. I was like, what <laughs> am I? Like, where's this come from? Where's mm. this coming from? So, like, enough of you really set the tone. And shout out, uh, shout out, uh, Ryan, Ryan Black, Ryan Bailey mm-hmm. for the production of that beat because he really helped lay the first brick to one of. To, to a project I can attest to probably be like like a level up project mm. for me because it was so like it's relationship it's love it's accountability it's it's frustration mm-hmm. but then it's like you know you have songs like break up to make up like mm-hmm. it's it's real life shit ups you and know, downs ups yeah. and downs of a relationship yeah. from top to bottom so um shit I guess the inspiration comes from enough of you and what I did with it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a rapper. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it but listen to this tape give gave me to flex vocally. Mm. I wasn't trying to sound like anything because to be honest, the Pimp a Butterfly was my Bible. Oof. Like right production wise, yeah, and just how like certain just the vulnerability and just everything mm-hmm. everything like i studied that like that's what great production sounds like mm-hmm. you know i mean and there's other projects but that was just the chapter <laughs> i was on at the time that's, yeah. that was my homework assignment you know and i just i took what i would hear from that and applied it to what i was doing mm-hmm. and just became completely naked with my music mm-hmm. like this is it. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to say it. Um, and I didn't think twice about it. I didn't think twice about it. Everything was just very, like, one after another. Just when I thought I had a beat for one, okay, we're getting rid of that one. We're going to take this. We're going to take this one in. And uh, Potential, uh, my boy V, my manager, you'll be seeing a lot of him soon. Um, we did we did potential over the phone. Mm. Remember, he's on the East Coast. Yeah. So I remember hearing the beat for the first time, and I'm like, oh. And he goes, you're gonna. He goes, you're gonna go, baby. You got potential. <laughs> With love, right, baby. All right. And I was like, okay. But he was like, you have to write the rap though. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I wrote the rap, sent that John back, and he was like, whoa. <laughs> okay, let's do that again. Uh-huh. And you know that was listen to this tape was done partially like with me and v we wrote a lot of those songs um shout out huddy um and a few other writers i might be forgetting the credit on that but um you know everything was so divine in timing Mm -hmm. everything just from top to bottom um you know i had beats that i'd been sitting on for years (laughs) And I was like, we're throwing this here. Yeah. We're throwing this here. Like, there's no way we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we ran everything through. Um, my boy Kiki, my, my in-home producer, I love you. Thank you for everything you do. Um, you know, he, when Kiki doesn't like something, it's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Because Kiki is so, like, particular. You can't get nothing past him. And it's like, what don't you like now? Yeah, yeah. But when I sent him the project and Kiki is from top to bottom and he's going, what did you just send me? Yeah. Was that the outro? Or is that somebody different? That's Kazari. Okay. But no, I'm, I'm talking about from okay. listening to this tape, the yeah. production and shit like that, you know, because he has a few beats on there too. Um, when he sent me back, like the mind blowing shit, like it had nothing else. I was like, nigga, yeah, we did this. This is it. Like, Kiki don't have nothing to say about it. Kiki always has something to say. And even me and V be like, and I had to tell V, like, look, Kiki, he the one. You know, you can't get nothing past him musically. If it don't sound good, even in, like, the smallest of pockets, he's going to be like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, because don't nothing phase him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, we really have something special. We'll listen to this tape, and we're going to, we're going to, we're gonna we're, we're just going to mm-hmm. we're going to continue trump raising with it we're gonna continue uh setting shit on fire because mm-hmm. it's just the beginning and i think listening to this tape has really helped me tap into another dimension of myself mm-hmm. 
and it's just like I can I can see it for me now with listening to this tape I can like this gonna go yeah you know and it's a slow crawl yeah and I will continue to crawl until I'm ready to walk mm. because once I start running <laughs> no looking back ain't no ain't no baton to pass here yeah like we going mm-hmm. this like we we not looking back mm-hmm. we we got we just we just go 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 so listen to this tape it it surprised me mm-hmm. especially coming off the pandemic like mm-hmm. this this was it mm-hmm. that's what i had to contribute mm-hmm. first first couple of weeks of listening to this tape being out like streamed like crazy yeah i was like I've never seen these numbers. Mm-hmm. And no, I'm not talking, oh, my shit's at 20K. I'm better than you niggas. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, like, I show myself the growth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't to be like, mm, yeah, it was just like, damn, like, okay. Like, I spent nights in here, like, no sleep. I remember when I first did Enough for You before Lum even mixed it. I laid in my bed from night till the next day with the on repeat because I was like, it's something is hitting right in this yeah. song from the drums to the tone to just just everything. I just knew that song was so special and that's why we ended up making it the leading single for mm. um, the project. Music video soon comes. Nice. I promise. Um, but, um, yeah, it, everything was just so, it was so right, and then, like, the fucking album cover was so risque, because I'm in, I'm, I'm on there, I'm going in the room to grab my robe, so, of course, my wife was looking at me like, what are you finna go do with that? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm doing my album cover, and she was like, okay, but what you finna do? Yeah. And I'm like, just see, it's gonna be hot. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, I had the little heart in my head, and... Shit, I put on self-timer with my ring light, mm-hmm. and I got against that wall right there. Okay. Because I had brought a bunch of photo equipment that I ended up not even using. I'm yeah. like, return this. I don't <laughs> even need this. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to just use what the fuck I got. Yeah. Which was that wall and my new ring light. Mm-hmm. Got up against that wall, took that robe a little bit <laughs> off my shoulder, turned my head to the left. We have to listen to, to the tape album cover. Damn. And then on the back, I'm just I'm just smiling, and it's a list of songs. Yeah. I did all that by myself. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Use what you got. Right. Use what you got, and that's what I did within this whole process. And um, everything came out on time. Everything worked out, you know. Financially, it was it was looking slim because mm. I have to, I have to pay to get my songs mastered. Mm. Thank God for Lum, he's such a fucking angel, because he really worked with me, and he got everything to me on time. So mm. I was able to release on Valentine's Day. That's mm. a Sunday. Yeah. So now I really got people listening because it's Sunday. You're yeah. not doing nothing. It's Valentine's Day, and a lot of us ain't booed up. Right. You know, a lot of y'all waiting for Hot Girl Summer. I can see the tweets. Yeah. Hey, I see what y'all doing out here. Right, right. Um, no, but it was just, it was such a blessing to be able to just like, mm-hmm. this was the most stress-free, and I did it all in here. Damn. And I think that's what makes it even more special. Like, unless I was going to the studio to, you know, get some more touched up with the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my engineer has no problem 
picking up the phone and yeah. I'm like, hey, how do you use this? And this is like, Lama's very patient and mm. not like, you know what I'm saying? Or he'll, you know, he's just, just a nice guy. That's huge. I, I love that, you know, everybody that I, I work with, V, Kiki, uh, Nico, Huddy, uh, uh, what's it, Tony Fingers? I mean, he's gonna be on the deluxe. Uh, Daniel, Daniel, mm-hmm. you know, you know who Daniel is from Dan- out here. Uh, Daniel James. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got a song from him that's gonna be on the deluxe album. I mean, just you know, just working with people that have good, beautiful, and genuine energy, and just like I trust you with my work, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like I trust that you're gonna do great i trust you enough to give you mm-hmm. this piece of me because i know you're gonna you know what i mean so just the whole process man like listen to this tape is is far from done mm-hmm. i'm far from done um i'm gonna um i'm gonna eat off of this thing for a while there you for go. a while hell yeah yeah what are some other goals that you have not only musically but personally too for the rest of this year you know what i'm um slimming down as much as I can um I want to feel as sexy as I sound when I'm doing these videos Mm. and and, you know really just getting my face out there as like the artist Mm. I want to be in the I want to be the best version of myself I could possibly be so you know instead of waking up and smoking a cigarette I'm waking up and working out there you go you know what I'm saying like (laughs) discipline discipline really just rebounding my discipline um you know, eating habits, drinking more water, you mm-hmm. know, staying, just staying more conscious of what I consume and stuff like that. Um, and just working. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally going to work a lot this year as Dang. far as music goes. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to just start tapping into different things and checking things off of the list. Like, okay, we did this, we did this. Okay, on to the next thing. Just being as consistent in my craft as possible because I now have through the grace of God the funds and, and the resources mm-hmm. the foundation the, too, found, right here. the foundation yeah. you know and it took a long time to get to it but I just know that um, you know we're, we're going to be rocking this thing out for, for a cool minute and then you know whatever inspiration comes in between you know I'll lay it down but there's no there's no um there's no pressure. Yeah. There's no pressure. Like, and if there is pressure, it's because I'm I'm putting it on for me because right. I feel like I'm not doing enough in the moment. Mm-hmm. But I already have so much on my plate. It'd be stupid to try and go back for seconds if I'm not already. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Finished, like, yeah. hold on, I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just taking everything with a with a grain of salt and 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 staying focused so that by the time the end of the year does come it's like oh, look yeah. at all that you were able to do this year yeah where it's not done yet right but you still checked off you still did what you said you were going to do so just staying consistent getting in shape maintaining my peace um and and continue creating and getting better mm-hmm. that's that's really what what that looks like for me moving forward. Yeah. And minding my own motherfucking business. <laughs> that is my favorite thing to do. Okay. At the top of the list. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. 
before we wrap things up, I do oh, like to ask. Oh, you're leaving? No, not yet, not yet. We you still... know no one comes to visit. <laughs> no, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> we got some like fun little you know introspective questions to kind of help the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So if you could have any toppings on a pizza, what would they be? Not fucking pineapple. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> there we go. There we Gross. go. Gross. <laughs> um, pepperoni, man. Just mm-hmm. just give me a regular slice of pizza. Okay. Why you know all the extra shit on it? <laughs> you know, if I'm feeling fat, throw some bacon and some ham on there. I don't know. Yeah. But like, hey. <laughs> Simple. Keep it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Right on. <laughs> if you could talk to any person or multiple people dead or alive, who would you want to speak with the most? Ooh. And these, and these have to be like influential people? It could be family. It could be influential people. It could be, yeah. I would say my great, oh, my grandmother's mother. Would that be my great grandmother? That would yeah, be my yeah. great. Oh, you know, because like there's, there's just, you know, questions I would want to ask and mm-hmm. stuff. Like just the beginning, you know. Uh, I would love to do that if I could. Um,. Shit, uh, uh, man, John Singleton, mm. what a loss, you know, like, just, he was, he was so important to the culture, like, oh, yeah, like, it just his whole, his whole style was, was so needed, mm-hmm. and, like, to be able to pick his brain and, and see, like, why he did certain shit. Cinematically, am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, what a beautiful conversation to sit and personally have that engagement with somebody. Um, Prince. Mm. Yeah. Oh, another beautiful soul. Like, and he was so like unfuck with unfuckable, but his light, his aura was undeniable. Like, mm-hmm. Sensei, <laughs> teach me that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um. And he just, he just was, um, his creativity was beyond his lifetime and, and even ours now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll keep it at, I'll keep it at three. Okay. Right on. Now let's say you're stranded on an island, but food and water provided. Okay. What are three things you'd want to bring to pass the time? Can it be movies and stuff? Yeah, it could be movies. And you could package things so it's like, like some people bring recording equipment. You could just count that all as one. Okay, bam, for sure. Recording equipment because we finna write these songs. Okay. okay? <laughs> um, I have to have, um, I have to have bridesmaids. Okay. Somewhere. Like, okay. <laughs> you might have to hook me up with a TV and a DVD player. Too. Yeah, we'll count that as one. Okay, yeah. because <laughs> I need that laughter. Uh-huh. Um, is my family there? Yeah, you can bring your family too. Of okay, course. well, you know what I'm saying. I need them. Okay. You know, I guess that's it. All right, there you I go. I just need my family, my favorite movie, and my recording equipment. There you go. It's kind of like here, but yeah. on the island. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And then if you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? You're a fucking star. Mm-hmm. You're a fucking star. You're powerful. You are everything you say you are. You are magnetic. You are mm-hmm. a force. Uh, you won, but it's not over. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just you. You end up becoming the voice you didn't have. Mm-hmm. That's who you are, and stand in that, and don't be afraid of what comes with it, because it's gonna be some shit. Yeah. But you make it. 
That's wonderful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. All right, well, before we go, go ahead and plug where the people can find your music and anything else you'd like to promote. Okay. Uh, you guys can find me on all streaming platforms, um, iTunes. Is that still dated? Okay, no. yeah. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, SoundCloud. I'm everywhere, you know? And just get familiar with the catalog. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even have to start with listening to this tape. I say start from the beginning. Mm. Carol Drive on SoundCloud. <laughs> you know, that's where I grew up. Nice. You know, so start from the beginning. Get familiar with the sound. Welcome to the movement. I appreciate you. Thank you. Coming to my home mm-hmm. and doing this with me. <laughs> I feel like Rick me. Rubin or some shit right now. <laughs> um, it's nice. beautiful, you know, to sit here across from you and... You know, share stories and experience mm-hmm. and just just good energy, man. Thank this, you for this, that. this is no thank you for just <laughs> thank you. You know, um, it's not all the time that um, I do this, so mm-hmm. um, I hope it's an honor for you, just it is for me. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah, feelings mutual. And we have to do this again. Hell yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, all right, I cool. would love that. All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for another episode. Thank you again for being a guest, and we'll see you guys next time. All right. Boom, that's going to wrap it up for another episode of the My Mike and I podcast, episode 148, and I'm Noah Alvarez. Thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode. Like I said, I took a little break for a little bit, but I should be back to regular scheduled program. I'm going to try a little different things here and there with the video. I'm also going to be putting these out on Monday, audio-wise. So it'll give you guys the entire, I think trying the Monday marketing thing as far as putting it out kind of gives you guys the rest of the week to listen to it at your own pace. Instead of putting it out on Fridays, then you guys maybe get to it following Monday or Tuesday or whatever. I don't know. I'm just going to try some different things out because during this time off, I was able to kind of re-strategize some of the things that I was doing previously and just trying to revamp them as I, you know, like I said, try to remarket the podcast a little bit and, you know, bring some new content, bring a little new twist to you guys. And as always, like I said, be sure to like, subscribe, follow the podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review. It takes like 30 seconds. I really appreciate it. And it also helps new listeners get a gauge on what this podcast is all about. So that would really be helpful to all the new listeners too surfing Apple Podcasts and they stumble across this one. Also did want to remind you guys to check out true100radio.com, spelled T-R-U, the number one, 100radio.com for all your podcast needs. Like the Stupid Geniuses podcast, like the Front Row Seat, like you're doing fine, Miha. There's a bunch of fine podcasts on that True 100 platform. A shout out to Jamal for being the man behind the plan of True 100 and bringing me on the team. It's been a lot of fun working with that group of people. Again, you can check out the website at tru100radio.com. And before I wrap it up, guys, as I would always say at the end of every single one of my episodes, be sure to chase your dreams, not checks, never stop seeking knowledge, and I hope you guys continue to battle through whatever obstacle you are facing at the current moment. It's going to be okay, guys. 2021, we're like more than a quarter of the way done, I think. Yeah, I think we're more than a quarter. That sounds about right. I think, yeah, we're in April. We're, we're approaching the quarter of the 2021 year. So, you know, hope you guys are continuing to, you know, smash your goals and continuous to, continuously to make new goals and new benchmarks and whatever field, your career, school, education, parenthood, whatever, like I said, that you're kind of going through. And um, 
yeah, I hope you got find some inspiration in this podcast and you enjoy it. Again, don't forget to follow on Instagram at my period, Mike and period I. That's for Instagram. Again, I like to promote some of the audio and video snippets on there. So I have some fun doing that. And again, thank you guys again for listening. I think I'm rambling now, so I'm just going to end it off right here. I'm Noah Alvarez. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. I'm signing off. Till next time.